everyone, it's Pastor Mike Adkins, and I want to welcome you to Next Steps, where the teaching pastors of Grace Church help you focus on taking a next step in your spiritual life. If you're not listening there already, I invite you to take a moment to download the free Grace app. It's the best place to hear and share messages and to get connected with what's going on here in the life of our church. Just search Grace Church Orlando in your app store or head to discovergrace.com forward slash app to find it. Pastor Clint Harrison and Pastor Grant Nixon and I hope that these podcast conversations will help you take your next step toward Christ. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Next Steps, the podcast that helps you take your next step toward Christ. I'm Pastor Mike. This is Pastor Clint. How's it going? And this is Pastor Grant. Yo. Hey, guys. We're uh, in the middle of Holy Week right now. Holy Week. Holy Week, man. Right. What an amazing week. And yeah, why do we really call is. it Holy Week? It's a week set apart as we approach Easter, which is the culmination of the Christian faith, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But one of the challenges to being able to enjoy that is to really understand kind of what's happening in the week leading up to the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. Some amazing things took place. Yeah. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of these just kind of day by day. Sure. All right. Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is the day in which Jesus enters into Jerusalem on the donkey yeah. and he is to <laughs> yeah. celebration. It's kind of a humiliation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There's some genuine intentionality about the donkey instead of a horse. Yeah. Yep. Most conquering kings came into a city on a horse. Jesus comes in on a donkey. He's gentle. He's kind. Everyone's celebrating him. Hosanna, the laying down palm branches. Yep. He's not coming to conquer us. That's right. He's coming to rescue us. Yes. And one of the things that's most striking about that day is when he approaches the city, he weeps over it. That's right. Like that's his response. When you when you look at the scriptures, you look at Luke 19, if you want to read about it, it says, as he approached and saw the city, he wept for it. He and he's weeping because of the brokenness and Absolutely. sinfulness of Absolutely. the city. You know, and one of the things that we've been talking about just, you know, for a while now is sure. the concept of sin as sickness. You yep. know, that Jesus wants yep. to heal and transform the hearts of the people of Jerusalem. And he loves them. He came for them. But he sees that there's a spiritual sin sickness in each mm-hmm. one of them. He weeps over, and it is an incredible moment of compassion for those who are hurting and lost. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He moved towards them, absolutely. But then, like after Palm Sunday, moving into Monday, we traditionally remember entering into the temple, right? So he goes into the temple, as he typically did, uh, to teach. But before he gets to the teaching part, he does something we've never seen before, right? That's right. There are people who are selling things that you would need in worship, right? They're selling things, but they're doing it in a place they shouldn't be, and it infuriates them. Well, and this is one of those things that's really confusing for a lot of people because they'll say things like, oh, should we not sell books at church or should we not you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. sell something at church? And, and T-shirts. That's, se- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Selling something at church wasn't the problem. No. Selling them in the temple wasn't the problem. It's where yeah. they were selling. So can we maybe talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Where were they selling it? So they were selling it right outside the court. And so the idea was Gentiles were there as well. Jesus comes in. It's actually a beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. He actually comes in and he sees what's going on and he actually upsets it all. It's in Luke chapter 19, uh, verse 45. He says, says he went into the temple and began to throw out those who were selling. And he said, it is written, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And so it's this picture where Jesus actually enters in and says, hey, this is not the way it's supposed to be. This is a house of worship and not a den of thieves. And so he's actually including 
uh, the Gentiles in that moment. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, I care for them as well. And I don't want them to be confused. I don't want there to be a barrier between me and them and, and God and them. And so it's just, it's an incredible moment. It's really interesting because just the structure of the temple itself was designed specifically to narrow access to God mm-hmm. all the way to the very beginning. So it's like you have these different courts, right? These yeah. different, just think about it like in, uh, concentric squares that get smaller and smaller and smaller. The outside was the court of the Gentiles. And then we've got the court of the women and the court of the Jews. And then we have the priests and then there's only one priest that's allowed to go into the Holy of Holies yep. where God right. is uh, present. And the reason why he's, he's doing this is he's showing us by virtue of the architecture of the temple that only certain people can come to me. I'm not somebody that just everybody can come to. But the beautiful thing about that, like you said, Glenn, is that God is including everybody in that. Like mm-hmm. he's saying, I mm-hmm. want all tribes, tongues, nations to come before me. Yep. And they set up camp, basically, this this flea market, mm-hmm. <laughs> right in the, in the court of the Gentiles where no one could come into. No. So they barred people who were far from God How could from you entering worship? in. That's yeah. right. You couldn't worship. So Gentiles were barred from worship. And, so think and this about, infuriated Jesus. Think about what that means for us is that it offends Jesus to the point of anger when there's a barrier between us and him. That's right. Like mm. between us getting to him. You see that happen in other instances, right? Where where children try to come to Jesus. And they right. try to keep children away. That's right. And he's like, are you out of your mind? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let these kids Let get over here. And by the way, if you try to mislead any of these, yeah. it'd be better for you to have like a stone tied a around your neck. A millstone tied around your neck. It's crazy. Thrown off a and cliff. thrown into the water. Yeah. Drown. It's better for you to drown. So, so that's a beautiful thing because sometimes, especially maybe even this week, you're feeling... You don't feel so holy on mm-hmm. Holy Week, you know, sure. and you're feeling like, sure. I, I don't even know if he would want me. It offends the Father to think about a barrier being put between him and you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It offends him to the point of anger. You know, it, it speaks yeah. also to uh, what's going on in the church. I mean, if we create culture inside the church that is that is oriented in such a way for it's just for believers, mm-hmm. and we don't take into consideration That's people good. who are far from God, yep. then we're doing the very same thing. We're basically setting up a culture where we're saying, hey, Gentiles, or in this case, people sure. who are outsiders to the Christian faith, yeah, stay you're not there. welcome. Stay out there. It's us and them. It's us and them. There's a barrier. But you know what the father did was, I mean, Jesus, Jesus went in there and he just started whipping people. And he started turning <laughs> tables upside down. That's, I, I mean, that's how, that's how frustrated he was. And so for us, as we think about the church, man, I don't want to be on the other side of God's wrath mm. because I'm holding people out of the kingdom. Sure. hundred percent. And then moving along with that same thought, as we move to the next day, Jesus is teaching at this point and uh, we have these, they have these men who are trying to trip him up, right? So they ask that's a right. question, what's the greatest commandment? What is this Let great me read teacher going to say? Teacher, which command of the law is the greatest? He said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. And the second one, it's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. Mm. Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. He just, so, so they expected him to say the first one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. Sure, the Shema, no problem. That's right. We pray that every day. Yep. No big deal. But then Jesus says, the second one? It's just like it. Love your neighbors yourself. All of the law, all of the prophets hang on these these two things, which is, it's an unbelievable thing. You know, I, during this week, during this whole week, I'm sure you guys have already seen, we got the History Channel and we've got all these other things right. that are telling us. The, who's the historical Jesus? The you know? re, yeah, yeah, the historical <laughs> Jesus, the, the real Jesus or whatever. And and sometimes we dismiss things that that we've heard all of our lives. And and sometimes it just sounds rote and cheap and you go, I know, okay, okay. You say God is love. I, I get that. I get that. But right. But tell me who the real Jesus is. No, this is the real Jesus. The real Jesus is everything hangs 
on loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself. Because if you're doing those two things, if you're loving God, number one, there's no need for a sacrificial system. A whole thing is it culminates in, I mean, you see it in the Old Testament. God condemns certain sacrifices because he says their hearts are far from me and they perform these sacrifices. He's like, I don't desire burnt offerings. Like what I want is your heart. And so when Jesus comes into the world to reconcile our hearts, to heal us and reconcile us with the father one day, it's a beautiful picture of him saying, listen, the result, the net result of all the work that I'm going to do in your life is you're going to love me Mm -hmm. and you're going to love your neighbor. Yeah, absolutely. And it really is one of the most beautiful ethics. And it's not, you just said a second ago, Grant, that it's something that sometimes like if you grew up in the church, it seems rote. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard this. I've heard the Jesus part of that, the love part of that. But that's a given, that's a given in Christianity. It's not given in every other world religion. It's not a given in all over the world. There are plenty of religions and plenty of circumstances where me taking care of my neighbor, that's ridiculous. I'm just trying to take care of me. Right. I mean, we even see it in like materialism and a materialistic worldview here. Like I'm going to get mine, you get yours. You think about a Holy Week this week, like one of the best ways we can can celebrate and observe. It's to do this. It's to do these two greatest commandments. So what does it look like for you to love God this week? And what does it look like for you to demonstrate your love to your neighbor this week? And, And whoever that is. By the way, who is your neighbor? Jesus tells a parable about it that kind of defines it in a way I don't really want him to define it, which he literally tells a parable of your enemy. Your absolute the, mm. the person you've been raised to hate your whole life. Yeah. That is your neighbor. Everybody's your neighbor. And so what does it look like for you to demonstrate that kind of love? I just appreciate that he takes the focus. Uh, you know, he sums up the whole law and he says, Love God. In other words, look to God. Mm. Set your affections on him. And guess what? If you set your affections on God, then you'll actually consider others. You'll think about what's going on in their world and not just your own. And so as you fix your eyes on God and you love him, all of a sudden you find yourself loving others. And so this week, Holy Week, as we look at the holiness and the beauty of God and we just see that picture of love and grace in our lives, it makes us to want to love and be gracious to others as well. Right. So Jesus was in Jerusalem, but he didn't stay there that right. the entire week. At That's some right. point, he left. He went to Bethany. Yep. So he's visiting supporters. He's visiting people he loves, people he's spending time with. So he's in Bethany at this point, and something crazy happens, right? Like that's what we traditionally are observing on on Wednesday, on today. So Clint, where was he? Yeah, so it's this beautiful picture where Jesus is actually reclining over a meal. This woman comes in who's actually a prostitute. And she's considered unholy Mm -hmm. and separated from others in so many ways. And so she shows up and she actually takes this um, perfume called Nard, super expensive. uh, It's the equivalent of someone's, you know, not just daily wage, but it's like a year's worth. It's a year's worth. That's right. And so she shows up and actually pours the Nard over Jesus's beard and all over him and just covers him basically. And it's this beautiful picture of her saying, I'm going to not waste this. I'm going to relinquish my entire wealth over you because you're that special. You're that wonderful. She's treasuring him. She is. And it's just this beautiful picture. And the disciples respond so appropriately and maturely. (laughs) Just like they always do. Just like we always (laughs) do, right? Just like we always do. (laughs) Always do. They're like, wow, what a beautiful thing she's doing for you, teacher. Yes. No, not at all. Instead, they're like, hang on a second. What in the world? That's like, right. we could sell that. Like, we could give we could that sell to the what are you doing? Give money to the poor, yeah, you know, which you sounds doing? righteous. It sounds yeah. good. But Jesus says, no, that's not the right way. What she's doing is right. Matthew 26, 6 through 13. It says, aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She's done a noble thing for me. 
You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. By pouring this perfume on my body, she has prepared me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So it's interesting. even gives this prophecy that we're fulfilling right now, hmm. that we're telling this exact yeah, story. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's crazy. that we're telling that story and, and, and that's going on. But it's beautiful, Clint. You're exactly yeah, right. Yeah. It is this incredible extravagance poured over Jesus. But she's doing that in recognition of... The fact that, you know, Jesus has done all these amazing healings and transformations. And mm. and for some reason, Jesus does what we've been talking about all along, which is not just hang out with religious people. Mm-hmm. I mean, for her to even touch him would have been made him ceremonially unclean. Yeah. You know, and scandals. so all the righteous, yeah, scandals, all the righteous people around him would have been like, what are you doing? So for her, she's looking at Jesus and going, man, Jesus is so different than all of these other people. He gets me. He understands me as sinner. He's approachable. Yeah. And she just lavishes extravagance mm-hmm. all over him. That makes the disciples uncomfortable. And may we this week on Holy Week, may our worship be that unrestricted and unrestrained. You know what I mean? May our response to what he's done for us be like that. And as we've kept the theme of a more beautiful picture, like don't miss the Jesus that's in the story. Like he's so approachable. Even though he's perfect and holy and justice and right, he's he's here and he's waiting and he's embracing and he's loving. So now moving into Thursday, that's when we traditionally think about the Lord's Supper. Monday Thursday. Monday, Monday. Thursday, which I didn't I didn't grow up with in this tradition at all. I didn't yeah, know what that word was, and it still sounds real <laughs> weird to me. It's, I feel like it's something from New Orleans, doesn't it? It feels like Mom, it's like Mo- it's Monday, Monday Thursday. You know, <laughs> I, it sounds like none so of us not have a ever New Orleans been, accent. Like we've never been not to New Orleans close. before. <laughs> not even close. It was more like a pirate. I don't I know what was happening. We could have been on NCIS uh, New. Orleans, though, that sounds like an actor trying to it does. It's like molasses coming out your mouth. <laughs> there it is. But, but Mondi is from the Latin, Latin root madam, which means commandment. Don't or, even pretend you just didn't read that off of something. <laughs> I didn't, dude. I have no notes in front of me. I wish we had wow. a video here. I just like... <laughs> I wish we did, too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. But it no. means commandment or mandate. It's, and yes, the reason why we have that is this is when um, Jesus gives this new commandment, right? So he right. Um, he gives this new commandment to his disciples. A new commandment, I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must also love one another. And here's the beautiful thing. That night, he gives that commandment. They don't do that for each other. Right. Right? Mm. So, so they're at the Lord's Supper, they're at the Last Supper, and in this moment, this dispute breaks out among them, which we see in, in Luke 22, <laughs> yeah. where they're trying to figure this out- This is classic. I'm sorry. Who's I the mean, greatest? none of us are guilty of it, right? no, None of us. None oh, of us, no. Yeah, <laughs> vying for the video greatest. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. So so that's what they're doing. They're literally sitting around like, well, yeah, well, I think I'm better than you. Well, okay, well, we're all better than Philip. We can agree on that, right? Like, they're all <laughs> doing that. And then well, it says- We know says, John runs fat, faster. <laughs> we, <laughs> we do. Way we faster. He's like, <laughs> if I ever get to write this stuff down one day- <laughs> According to him, anyways, right? <laughs> the, the disciple whom Jesus loved the most. Yeah. yeah. They're like, Peter, and guy. he's like, no, call me the disciple who Jesus loved the most. <laughs> but anyway, Jesus, Jesus says to him, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who have authority over them have themselves called benefactors. It's not to be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever's greatest among you should become the youngest, whoever leads like the one serving. For the one who is greater, the one at the table or is the one serving? Isn't it the one at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. So Jesus washes their feet and he demonstrates to them that I'm the greatest among you. 
Yep. But I am making myself the least in yeah. the same way you do that for one another. It's this upside down view of the world. And this new command, he teaches us how to live out that new command, right? The new command is uh, love one another as I've loved you. So you love one another, right? But he tells us how to do that here. And he tells us that the way that we're going to accomplish that is through servant leadership. Mm. Unlike the world, which basically says, here I am, our job is to be there you are, right? Yeah, you know, instead of yeah. being here I am people, we're there you are people. And so- Servant leadership is the core of what it means for us to be able to love one another. The more I lay my life down for you, the more you lay your life down for me, the more we serve each other. No greater love has a person than they would lay their life down for another. Absolutely. And so Jesus gives us an amazing mm. example of that, which is great because this is exactly the motivation that Jesus has as we go into Friday, mm. which is Good Friday, right? Yeah. Ironic that it's called Good Friday because, <laughs> man, it did not feel good to the disciples no, nor honestly no. to Jesus. No, absolutely yeah. not. So Good Friday, I just want to give a little plug at our Orlando campus, and we want to invite you to that and be amazing. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a part of the history of the church. It is part of it's the history a big of the church. Deal. It's an amazing thing. Pastor Chad and his creative team basically put together something every year that's been just phenomenal. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, under our guidance, right, guys? I mean, like, well, did he do it without we, us? We tell him what to do, and he executes oh, okay, it. That's what okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, actually, it's completely not true. <laughs> it's completely not <laughs> we true have not. nothing to do with it. No, nothing. The, it's like one of the best things we do all year. <laughs> That's so good, right? That's right. That's right. And it's really kind of a walkthrough. Um, yeah, it's it's less of a worship experience. It's, it is a worship experience, but it's less of a traditional worship service. It's more of a worship experience. Honestly, you don't want to miss it. Yeah, like, you don't. my kids love it. Like the yeah. whole family. It's it's family oriented. It's fantastic. So as we approach Good Friday and as we hear the crucifixion, I grew up in the church. That was my experience. We used to have a passion play, is what they used to call it, at our at our church. And so they put on this huge production. I went to a mega church. They put on this huge production, and every like hundreds of people would be in it. And it would be this week. It'd be Holy Week. It'd be the last week of Jesus' life, end with the the crucifixion and then the the resurrection. So every year, like as a kid, I would watch the crucifixion of Jesus, yeah. like acted out, played out, yeah. right? And I mean. You see it in art, you see it like all over the place. And so I, I can easily talk about the details of the crucifixion of Jesus and be like, yeah, yeah, the crucifixion of Jesus, got it. Right. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, that's just part of what this is. Where are you going? Where are you going with this? I can see you smiling. <laughs> I'm smiling because as he was talking about the, and I think where you're going with that was like it's just commonplace for you. you it know, is. Like if yeah. you grew, that's if exactly you, what it's become. Yeah, it's just commonplace. But I was thinking about, I won't say the the name of the church, First Baptist Orlando, but uh, <laughs> one year they were doing this big giant, you know, mega church thing. Yeah, it was sure, wonderful, sure. and I love those guys over there. Yeah. I do. I have lots of friends over there. Love them. But one of those terrible things. It's all it's all televised. And so they put Jesus up, bam, and Jesus flew off the cross. I mean, like 15, 20 feet across the room. I was like, wow, crucifixion and resurrection all in one. All in like one it was motion. just an amazing moment. All in one motion. All in one motion. motion. It's like, they, it was like a catapult him into heaven, you know? Uh, so it was quite an experience, but we call it Good Friday. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it didn't feel good to people who were yeah, there, right? Because sure. we, we're looking back at it and we're going, here's the result of Good Friday. And so it was good, but it's good for man, us, did the know? disciples, they were in despair. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. And they literally had like three days of com being completely feeling like, number one, they had invested in the wrong person. Yeah. Uh, number two, they were now outlaws and people are hunting them. So their whole life could be screwed up. Mm. Rome might be after them forever. Yeah. So and they walked away from it. And they walked away from they it. They rejected from Jesus. Him. Yeah. All but John. 
the disciple Jesus loved the most. Uh, You can see why. He was the last guy standing, right? But it's John and Mary at the crucifixion, at the foot of the cross. Mm, And there's this tender moment that Jesus, the three of them have. Jesus is on the cross and he's he's finished everything, right? I mean, it's all, all, everything's finished. And he looks at him, he says, hey, John, this is your mother and Mary, you know, this is your son. Mm -hmm. And from that point, the Bible says, just it's really sweet. The Bible says, from that time on, Mary lived with John, you know, forever, basically. Mm -hmm. And so the last thing he thinks about is his mom, but again, servant leadership all the way to the end. He's got this heart that is going to be about other people, even to the end. I mean, Mm -hmm. even him crying out, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. I mean, that's stunning. Yeah, it is. And it's one of those things we need to think about that our humiliation became his humiliation and our suffering became his suffering. And he took all of that on himself. And that's that's a real thing. Let this not be just some church detail yeah. that you're listening to on, yeah. a, on a podcast. Yeah, right. Let that sink in yes. that that Jesus took our our wounds on himself, right? Like Jesus right. took our suffering on himself. And so it's a, it's a very good Friday for us. A very good Friday. So we come to Saturday? Yeah. Holy, Holy Saturday. Saturday. Or Silent, silent Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. I got to I gotta tell you, I've never heard the phrase Silent Saturday before. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just I didn't know. too much. Well, I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't grow up in the church like you holy people. So <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've never heard the phrase Silent Saturday. Yeah. So this is the time in which Jesus' body is laid still in the tomb. We've got Joseph of Arimathea. Right. He comes and he grabs the body of Jesus. A really bold move on his part, actually. Mm. Sure. I mean, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but he comes to the Pharisees and basically is like, hey, I want to I want to honor this man as a teacher, you know? Yeah. And for some reason, you know, I mean, in, actually not for some reason, but in fulfillment of prophecy, they allow him. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And this is also that we see that the women are preparing spices and perfumes That's right. to get his body ready. But Which was common for all people 100%. buried but, in, that, in that day. But it's the Sabbath, and so they have to rest. They can't like they cannot do what they want to do in that moment, right. which must have been excruciating of course. for them to leave that. So what we have now is Jesus' body is still. It's it's laying to rest. The disciples are hiding. Hmm. The women are resting. According to Luke 23, that's what it says in verse 56. They rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Mm-hmm. The earth is just quiet. Mm-hmm. And it's just a dark day, you know, for everyone involved. Where's God? And yeah. that's, you know what? That's the thing that's so relatable about this is the question you just asked. That's where we've been talking about like sin is a sickness. That's where that sickness leads us all the time. Yeah. It's the dark places where we go, where is God? That's right. Like because where's God? Sin has a separating effect on us. I mean, that, we get that from the Old Testament, right? Your sins have hidden his face from you. Absolutely. It's not that God has hidden his face from you. Your sins have hidden his face from you. So every time we sin, we, we don't see clearly. You know, we don't see him near us and with us. And boy, was that clear on Saturday. He literally physically was gone. Absolutely. And I think we see from the story that even the disciples didn't think or didn't know that Jesus would be raised on the third day. Yeah. And so what a, man, what a, what a hopeless place. And we've all been there, right? Like you just said, Yeah. where is he? Why is he silent towards me? Is he angry with me? Does he even hear me right now? We think about that in our prayers even. Like even when you're praying, you feel like God's not there. Yeah. Like you're sitting there and you're crying out and you feel like he's not listening. He's not doing anything. Your circumstances haven't changed. Your job hasn't changed. Your relationship hasn't changed. And you're going, Jesus, where are you? Right. Like it just feels dead. Yeah. And that's a real feeling. And I, I love that Holy Week reminds us that we aren't the only ones that feel that. 
Like the disciples felt That's it, good, and, and all throughout history, it even says in Peter that we suffer and and struggle and have trials, but it's common around the entire world. Yeah. Like this is this is part of the Christian walk, yeah, and, and, and the human experience. Yes, absolutely, it's everybody. You know, and, and and you said it right there. I love it. the The scriptures are giving us this beautiful picture of like what it means, even if you're a close follower of God. Sometimes mm-hmm. there there are moments of silence. But those silences are moments that are like pregnant pauses before God does something incredible. Mm, yep. And we're about to see him do something yeah. incredible. The thing we need to remind ourselves is Sunday is coming. Yeah. That's like right. when we're in those moments, we say good is ahead around right. here all the time. Yep. And that's what we mean. Yep. <laughs> we mean that's Sunday right. is coming. There's good ahead. Resurrection's when, coming. When yep. Jesus went Healing's to the grave, coming. he knew as he was entering into a time of darkness that he was not abandoned to the grave, right? That's right. He knew that's that. That's what Acts 2.27 says. Absolutely. It's mm-hmm. the it's a prophecy that, that we see quoted in Acts from the book of Psalms. It says, you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your holy one see decay. That's right. Jesus knew, and he trusted God, even on Silent Saturday, mm-hmm. even on that entering into that dark place. Because Sunday is coming. So here we are, guys. We made it. Yeah. So we know that in the dark moments of life that there is a resurrection coming, you know, and that's – And so here we are. Jesus is resurrected on Easter Day. This is the – ultimate moment of the Christian faith. This yes. this is oh, where yeah. everything, you know, sometimes we have a tendency to think Christmas is the big thing, Jesus's birth, but actually there's not a whole lot of information in the Bible about Jesus's birth, yeah. a subject that's actually debated hotly among people for centuries when Jesus's actual birth was, but we make it a big deal. We're right. almost co-equal with the day of resurrection, but man, the day of resurrection is, it's, it is it is the biggest Christian, it is the day yeah. for Christians. Maybe we should consider giving gifts on Easter. Man, we celebrate. I, I mean, we, we that just, we make Christmas such a big deal of a, t- a time of generosity and giving. Like yeah. Jesus is alive, and He That's gave right. His life for us. I don't know, man. It does kind of make sense. Yeah, like there's a logic to giving gifts because He gave the greatest gift. He in the gave world. the greatest gift, and He's alive. And and <laughs> I'm I'm you know we're excited about that, and and we want to. Well, give. hey, I'm looking forward to my gifts, guys. Whatever you got. So. <laughs> Servant <laughs> leadership, Clint. Servant leadership. <laughs> Servant le- you know, Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. So, I mean, uh, my gift Can't to wait. you is allow you <laughs> to wait. give. Can't wait to see you. Live that out, Glenn. And then you can give. <laughs> no, and it's, I mean, it's the reason why we get to walk in hope this week. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the reason why, even as we go through these difficult days, even as we have silent Saturdays of our own, we can always say, Good is ahead because right. Jesus is alive and he rules and he reigns forever. Just recently, I was uh, uh, praying with my kids before bed. And every now and then I just ask them questions. You know, mm-hmm. I just want to know what, what's going on. And, and uh, my kids always ask really, really great questions. And so, I asked one of my kids, I just said, where's Jesus right now? And one of my kids was like, well, I mean, he lived a long time ago. Like, he's got to be dead now, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, cool, you're, you're, I'm glad I'm teaching you well. <laughs> um, and my daughter said, no, he, he died once. He's not doing that again. Mm. He said, he's alive. And I was like, I'll be right back. You know what I mean? I was mm. like, that is 100% right, baby right, girl. Right? right? Like, you are 100% right. And that is why we can stand with that confidence that good is ahead. We have an advocate with the Father who's standing right now on our behalf, advocating for us. Unbelievable. What's beautiful about that, too, is just like we have a biblical example of Silent Saturdays, which doesn't mean there's something wrong necessarily with you. We all go through times where we sure. feel mm-hmm. distant and separated from God. 
we also have this example of resurrection. You know, like one of the confusing things I think for people sometimes yeah. is what happens right after death, right? So we've mm-hmm. got this, we've got that, you know, we die and we're buried, you know, just like the creeds tell us that Jesus died, he was buried and he was resurrected again, right? Sure. So in that same kind of template, if you will, that's what happens to us as well. When we die, we'll be buried in the ground like Jesus yeah. was buried in the ground. Mm-hmm. But then the father will resurrect us to the place where he lives with Jesus as Jesus lives with father yep. right now. I mean, it's a beautiful picture. And it does, it does speak to the issue of good as ahead, because at the very, very end of all things, God restores us, resurrects our hearts, our minds, our souls, mm. everything. And in that moment, there's no more suffering, no more tears, no more pain, because the old order of things has passed away and heaven is ours. Good as ahead. Good as ahead. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, guys. That was a quick run through, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was yeah, great. It was quick. So we hope that uh, it was helpful for you. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast wherever you are. I'm Pastor Mike. I'm Pastor Clint. Pastor Grant. Good to see you guys. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope to see you this weekend online or at a Grace campus near you. Get all the details and more resources at discovergrace.com.